This is Rashawn Slater, first-round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Fed, we had full unlimited drinks. I was sat next to Daniel Levy, the owner of Tottenham Hotspurs. It's hard to describe what was going on. I mean, like I said, the best way I can describe is roller coaster of emotions. I mean, literally the ups and downs. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, John Walls Jr. And tonight, we've got a bit of a recap on our hands. I'm joined by two of my co-hosts. First of all, bottom of the screen, in his chateau, still getting rebuilt. Mr. Bermudez, how are you, mate? How's the uh, Pro's Sandwich Brigade on Sunday? Yeah, mate. Do you know what? That Tottenham Stadium was unreal. Uh, you know, we were fed. We had full unlimited drinks. I was sat next to Daniel Levy, the t- owner of Tottenham Hotspurs. He asked the way to watch sport. And uh, just shame about the absolutely dire performance by the Falcons and the Jets. Much better watching when I was on the train watching the Browns Chargers. That was so much better. Well, that's a great segue. You and I had to set, uh, set up the second best Bez while Mr. John Ayres there in the top right over in Herbert Hangar was live at SoFi Stadium soaking up the atmosphere. How are you? Have you recovered, John? How are you doing? Well, um, you know, I just tried... <laughs> no, no, actually, my voice is okay. I'll, I'll say this. I had to do an orientation of yesterday and I was talking for multiple hours and my voice was just shot. So I had to apologize to the to the guys uh, in advance, but it was it was a tough day for the throat because I mean I was just I was all up and down that roller coaster of emotions the entire game. So I'm uh, feeling good today though. So let's, you let's talk hear, about I'm it. Telling. So I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. 47 42 it was like the um Heavyweight back between Fury and uh, Wilder on, on Saturday night. Absolutely crazy. Um, the Browns, ton of respect for the Browns, ton of respect for what Stefanski's doing up there. You know, they came, they played hard, but the X factor was Justin Herbert. It's as simple as that. You know, um, some great plays on, on both sides. Defences, I don't know what that's going to do to DVOA. I've not checked. Uh, my head's still a mess. Yesterday, well, I felt like I'd, I'd been through uh, a washing machine of some sorts. It was such an emotional roller coaster. Uh, oh, we've lost Bez there. Um, but it, it was absolutely crazy. I mean, one of the things that I took away from that game, John, was was the blocking. Some outstanding blocks by Keenan Allen, by Gabe Neighbours, Mike Schofield. I mean, you know, it, it was an all-round... Um, it was an all-round good performance uh, on, on, on the offence. And look... I don't think you can look too much into the defensive side of this because the same with the Browns. They, it was it was two offences that, that played lights out. I mean, the fact that we scored 26 points in the fourth quarter and then you you step back 12 months, 11 months, that shutout against Tampa Bay, it just shows you how far this team's come. I'm going to go to you first, Bez, because I know you've got to shoot at half-time. Mate, I, it was just unreal. What a game because I was watching some... Uh... The college game uh, on Saturday that was absolutely unreal. Then I watched, I stayed up in London to watch Wilder Fury, which is one of the best boxing fights I've ever seen. Then I had the misery of watching the Jets and the Falcons. Then I, I got the back up to the joy of watching one of the greatest NFL games I think I've ever seen. I'm so jealous of John. And and you're right. The thing is, is, is some of the teams at their best, you look at Mahomes, it's not about the defence. The defence turns up and gets turnovers at times. But it was more about, I'm going to outscore you. I'm going to just run down that field and put points on the board again and again. You can't stop me. I'm going to do it. 
and Herbert's offense, they just had no fear. I, I know there's weaknesses in our defense. We have to fix it. Browns, you know, targeted the exact, they were our kryptonite with a great running game against what is quite a poor run D that we have. And I thought we were well below par on defense, but it doesn't matter because Herbert's going to outscore you. And you just look at it, you think, yes, all right, Herbert's going to score again. I never felt fear that he wasn't going to march down the field and put points on the board. You know, am I wrong? Was it not the same feeling in the stadium, John? It was, uh, it's hard to describe what was going on in that. I mean, like I said, I, the best way I can describe is roller coaster of emotions. I mean, literally the ups and downs, like you said, when things were going right, it's just electricity. I mean, literal electricity in the air. When things were going wrong, there were, you could definitely feel uneasiness, especially that missed extra point. Like you said, you know, all these, all these things going on. The missed extra point was like a, it was like a deflated balloon. We were just like, what the F not again. Uh, I don't know about you. I don't know if you could hear me on the broadcast, but literally every time they scored, I was yelling at the top of my lungs, go for two. <laughs> and they did. I, they did a couple times, but not enough. Like literally, why are we taking extra points? I mean, someone I just I saw someone on online do the math on that. I don't know if you saw that tweet, uh, but they said like, okay, extra points converted about ninety four percent of the time or something like that, right? Right now in the NFL, so that's theoretically ninety four points off extra points. Um, the average right now is about sixty seventy seventy percent or something like that. Seventy uh, percent. We'll, we'll call it seventy percent maybe less than that uh, for, for two point conversions. But if you take 70 times two, that's 140 points, right? So again, what's that number? If you're trying to get to nine, if you're trying to get to hundred, you just have to convert 50% of the time. And you've matched, if you go for it two and you get it 50% of the time, you've scored a hundred points. If you go for it one and you get it, convert 94% of the time, you're scoring 94 points. Well, guess what? Well, I, actually, I haven't looked at, I, I meant to look this up and I, but I was just too upset to look it up. I don't actually know what a bar PAT um is right now i think it's something it's got to be somewhere close to like 70 percent, 80 percent, right like it can't be that high because he's this guy has missed a lot of extra points so based off that we really need to convert at about a 45 percent clip um uh, on two-point conversions to make it worth our while just to go for two every single time like i mean they, they've got the memo to go for get on fourth down every time why not just go for two every time like that's easier it's only well two so let me ask this, John. Do you not think? Do you not think the end of kickers in the NFL is coming? Do you not think actually, Staley is leading the revolution on what is a new NFL? Why do you need kickers? They're unreliable. You only get a point. You know, go go and get yourself two points. You know, make it an eight-point touchdown every time you can. Uh, you know, I like your numbers, and I'd say get rid of kickers. Joe yeah. Fernandez, thanks for tuning in, Joe. He's made a good point there. Roller coaster. He, he had faith in the team and the Bengals game vibe from two thousand six. Now. Prior to going an hour, speaking to John, I was trying to do a live post. So at full time, I was going to publish to the charged.bolts.com website, which I did. I had a meltdown. I rewrote that four times. <laughs> and keeping faith, I was like, well, we're not going to come back from this now, surely. Especially when we missed the extra point and we were 41, 42. And what happened? It's just like, and this is the best thing about the NFL. You just do not know. Look at the predictions in the run up to this game. I think I had, uh, was it, uh, 21 to 10 or something like that, or 24 to 10. It was all low scoring. Yeah, not we were. one person on the planet predicted 47 42. No, and if you and did, my record's gone as well. Was your record? Thank God, your record's God, gone. Yes. But look, uh, this you want to talk about stats and that. Yeah. Did you see that stat 400 and 0 
Have you heard of that stat? Uh, yes. Yeah. Teams yes. are 400 and O when they score 40 or more points and they have zero turnovers. Well, now, now 401. 401 because the Bengals are not the Bengals. Sorry. The, uh, sorry, the Browns, the Browns uh, they're orange. They're from the general area. I don't know. They're the same team, I guess. Um, both of them have overrated <laughs> quarterbacks. Um, True. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I had, had, to, had to put it out there. Um, but um, yeah, they, they're the only team ever to lose like that. So Brown's going to Brown, I guess. I mean, I, look, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the Browns for a little moment. Miles Garrett, absolutely love the dude. Um, I was explaining to my wife on the run up to the Tottenham game, why I would take him uh, on the, on the Chargers roster. Um, he has some great battles in the trenches with Rashawn Slater, who I believe gave up two sacks his first. And it's understandable. But I would love to sit down for five minutes and, and just have five minutes with Miles Garrett and say, what was it like going up against Rashawn Slater? Because I, I believe after the game, he made a comment asking the asking the uh, rest of the, the, the uh, fullbacks and, and whatever, you stop doing chip blocks, don't do it. Just let me handle him on his own. I mean, that's crazy. You know, most left tackles or right tackles are going to be going, look, give me some help, guys, on the edge. Slater's like, Stop doing the chip lock. Let me deal with him. I mean, that just says it all for me. Well, Every I mean, in si- fairness, sorry, go, go, I mean, that's great. That's great. But in fairness, just so that we're clear, the reason he said that was because the chip blocks, that the timing in which they're happening, and part of this is because Miles Garrett is such a beast and he gets back there so quickly, is you're not giving your, your offensive tackle enough time to get into his pass set properly. Uh, and because of that, it, it creates awkward angles and it creates it, in, uh, creates it hard for him to make that initial contact and, and get kind of, you know, get kind of like a nice uh, print on them. So I'm just going to say that it's not necessarily that he doesn't need them. But he just realized that he was more effective without him. But still, I suppose the point you would is, even John, say that is good. Yeah, I suppose my point is, he's a rookie. He's only played five games in the NFL. At that point, he only played four. And for him to have the moral courage to say, look, lead me to it. I think that speaks volumes for the individual and how he approaches the game and, and his, his own belief. I mean, we just saw, you know, on, on both teams, every every play on, on, on both for both teams, on both sides of football, every player was fighting for every yard. And if you look at the final touchdown when Eckler's rolling around and, and trying to burn down the clock, when he gets into the end zone, do you see any of the Chargers celebrating? They're absolutely gassed. You know, I'm pretty sure they slept well on Monday night. But <laughs> are we? I mean, look, none of those. You, you look at the touchdowns. We were talking about that slow. Uh, you, you know, for a moment, um, the the blocking um, was unbelievable. The blocks by Keenan Allen and and Stephen Anderson for uh, and Mike Schofield for our first touchdown. Uh, touchdown. My boy, um, Donald Parra. You know, Herbert's rolling out. That that in itself, it's something that we haven't seen before. People not wanting to block, but now everyone wants to stand up and, and do their thing. And I, I just don't. I just don't feel like that we're getting enough respect still around the league, and that's. That's that's a side. That's a footnote. Bez, do you, do you agree with that? Am, am I talking Good. nonsense? Good. Keep looking at other teams. Keep looking <laughs> away and let Herbert steamroll you. And this entire team could be fired up by that. You know, I, I I came on board. I said last week that I'm I'm fully on board now. I think we're Super Bowl bound. I I think there are weaknesses, but Herbert and the and the team and the coaching staff, the play calling and the talent we have on the O can overcome anybody. Uh, and that today proved it. So last night proved it because. You don't go in up against the Browns uh, who can target your weakness and score over 40 points against you. And you still beat them 
that could be a Super Bowl game. And, and I'm looking at the Browns, I'm looking at the Bills and the Chargers, and I'm thinking, one of those three teams is your AFC champion. And I reckon it's it's Herbert. And I don't care what the pundits say. They will always sleep no. on us. If we, you know, we had such a great win. We weren't on primetime again, despite the great matchup of two one, number one overall seeds in the AFC. We weren't there. We didn't get the real big hype. And and even so, you look at some of the rankings and they're still not putting the charges right up there. So, no. you know, you keep putting us down and we'll keep beating whoever you place above us. And that is more motivation. Just give, give us a little bit more to go at, a little bit more to chew at. Because I can see Herbert just destroying everyone. I mean, John, obviously we're you know we're we're you know diehard Chargers fans. Unfortunately, we're on the wrong side of the pond. From your perspective, living and breathing it, and being a season ticket holder, what's the what's the vibe like amongst the the fans over in LA? You know, are they? Are they I, obviously, it's a silly question, as in they're obviously all in on the Chargers. But what is the actual vibe? What 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 is the narrative coming out of the the, the bleachers there? I mean, I I just think there's just an overall confidence. I think people nowadays are are feeling positive with it. Uh, and honestly, all you hear all day long is it's all right. We've got Justin Herbert. I heard that multiple times from multiple people behind me. The Charger fans were like, "Hey, hey, something bad would happen. We'd give up the we'd give up the lead. Hey, it's okay. We got Justin Herbert. You know, hey, we missed the extra point. I heard one person literally say, you know, obviously there was a lot of kind of like, oh my god, not again. But I definitely heard someone." Maybe he's the same guy. I don't know. Um, but he said, hey, it's all right. We've got Justin Herbert. And I think that's a theme. I think it's a common theme. Justin Herbert has revitalized the confidence. It has changed the narrative. Before it was like, for sure, we missed that kick. Yeah, of course we missed the kick. We're going to lose this game. This is this is us. Chargers are going to charge. Of course, of course, of course. That's kind of like that we're resigned to know we're going to lose these games. But now Herbert has literally flipped the entire script. You know, he has flipped the entire script on this and said, hey, look, you know, no, we've got Herbert. We're going to win. What is that? His first 20 games, six comeback drives, six game winning drives in 20 starts. Are you kidding me? Six in 20. That's that's freaking amazing. (laughs) How is that even possible? How are you doing that as a if a if you told me in Tom Brady's last 20 starts, he had six game winning drives. I'd be like, "Okay, he's a goat. I make sense. That make I, I could believe that. But you're telling me a rookie in his first ever 20 starts has six game winning drives, especially when you've had Anthony Lynn as your former head coach. Yeah, yeah. Like I would just be like, so true. His instincts as well. I mean, that rushing touchdown, that was unbelievable. You, you know, I think uh, I think it was uh, maybe Palmer that would, uh, ghosted out left. And I mean, clearly, the Browns probably Parham, because I mean, obviously, if I'm on the defense and I see Parham moving anywhere near the end zone, my entire defense needs to shift on him because all he does is catch touchdowns and two point conversion. No, it was, it was, all he does. It was Joshua <laughs> Kelly that ghosted out to the left. Oh, I think ooh, I, Kelly, I believe I that the, the Browns must have thought that we're going to for a passing game. Herb, you know, the lane opened and Herbert just ran and he there was no stopping him. I mean, that is just pure. Class and it, look, there are other quarterbacks in the league that, that do this. Lamar Jackson mustard is, is probably the mustard <laughs> player when it comes to doing that. You know, and we, we've seen it with with Aaron Rodgers in his younger years. Um, Russell Wilson. This is not new, but the fact is, on a high pressure game like that, Herbert did not flinch. You cannot teach that. You cannot teach that. There'd have been a lot of players in Herbert's position would have crumbled. Baker Mayfield didn't really crumble. Unfortunately, there had to be a loser in this game. But, you know, Herbert stood up to the test. 
We're going to go to a quick two-minute TV timeout. Bez is going to go back to his babysitting duties. We'll see you on Thursday, my friend. Pleasure. When we come back, John and I will wax lyrical about the Los Angeles Chargers. And Joshua Kelly. And Joshua Kelly. Hey there, Bolt fam. It's week six, which means another week of NFL action and another opportunity for you to win big with the DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. So what kind of promotion do we have for you this week for DraftKings Sportsbook? Well, if you are a new customer to the Sportsbook and you bet $1 on any NFL game, if any team scores a single point in that game, doesn't matter which team, uh, you're going to get yourself $100 in free bets. I'm, of course, going to recommend you put that on the Bolts game because I'm pretty sure there's not anybody out there who's going to stop Herbert, Eckler, Williams, Allen, Cook, any of our offensive weapons from getting to the end zone. So what happens? You bet $1 on that game. Either team scores a point, and you get $100 in free bets. That's easy money. My good friend Nomeo Greats mentioned last week it's been 1943 since the last 0-0 tie in the NFL. So, hey, what are the chances we're going to see another one of those? Probably not likely. Anyways, if you are a new customer to uh, DraftKings, but you can't have access to the sportsbook, like myself here in the Herbert Hangar, well, no problem. As you wait to get access to the sportsbook, you can play any of their daily fantasy uh, sports games that happen all season long. That's right, DFS, it gives you an opportunity to win huge prizes all season long. If you're a new customer to DraftKings, you're going to get some free chances at lots and lots of great cash prizes. I highly recommend you check it out. So how does this work? Well, you need to go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN and throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Charged Up Bolts podcast. Uh, I'm John Walsh Jr. joined by John Ayres. Prior to the uh, TV timeout, we're talking about the, the hype train, the bandwagon. Um, Joe Fernandez says the bandwagon's rolling. Yeah, and it should be as well. We've had enough bad seasons over the last few years. You know, we, we've been to this podcast now for two seasons. We, we didn't have to get ourselves motivated last year, but talking about losses and blown games and left points in the field, you know, feels a lot different to, to saying we're talking now about potential playoff wins and, and uh, shootout uh, wins, fourth down conversions and the brilliance of Justin Herbert. I want to move tack slightly and talk about the defence. Um, this is me talking. I don't think you can read much into the, the, the defensive performance for both of those teams. How can you when the, the offences were so prolific? But one player, again, who stood out, who we've missed for so long, Derwin James. 17 tackles. He had a sack. I think he registered 15 tackles in the first half. That dude was everywhere. I mean... He is an absolute phenomenal football player. And the fact that he's playing in five different positions just sums it all up. And Staley actually said after the uh, win against the Raiders, that um, touchdown was on uh, Brandon Staley because he's asking Derwin James to do too much. That's just a mark of the man. I mean, John, you know, credit to Herbert because he, he's brilliant. But I think 
on the other side of the football, Derwin James is equally as good. Yeah, I mean, Derwin James, um, <clears throat> I, I know it's it's tough to talk about a defensive player when your team gives up 42 points. I get that. But, I mean, this game could have been much, much more out of reach and not even have a, an opportunity for Herbert to bring him back if it weren't for the play of Derwin James. I mean, as you said, he was all over the place. Every time we stopped and looked up at a tackle, I mean, Derwin James was either the main tackle tackler or he assisted in the tackle or he was, his nose was right there where the tackle was being happened. I mean, he was literally all over the field. He was literally involved in almost every single play that was occurring. And it was, it was crazy. Cause I mean, I, I honestly, obviously I'm looking at a lot of things. I'm watching to see what the defense uh, is set in. I'm watching to see what the offense is set in. I'm watching to see player movement, just trying to get some keys and ideas of what's going on in that play. And I'm watching all this and I probably should just play the game of where's Derwin James on this play. Where does he start pre-snap? Where does he motion to? Because he's usually moving around. And where does he end at, at, at the time of the snap? What's he doing? And then finally, when the play is over, where did he end up? And it's it because that would be a heck of a game to try to follow that around because he is constantly moving. He is constantly in different positions, giving different looks. He is constantly giving the offensive line something to think about at all times because he is just everywhere. And it's insane. It's insane the amount of field coverage he can make. I mean, you see him on one sideline go three quarters of the way across the field and what felt like a half a second to make a tackle on, on a runner. Like it's insane to see him move that fast, hit that hard. I mean, it, it, it's just really, really crazy. I mean, there's one where at the one that I thought was most impressive. And again, this is not necessarily a great play for him because he got busted for that horse collar tackle, but he was basically being manhandled and in my opinion, maybe held by, um, by a blocker. Uh, and he basically threw that person off of him and then one hand grabbed uh, it was either Chubb or Hunt and and wrangled them down. Yes, again, it was an illegal tackle. Okay, whatever is a penalty. But the fact that he was able to have enough strength and speed yeah. to get into position, basically be held, throw that the, that blocker off him, and still make a one arm tackle on a on a defender who nobody else could seem to tackle all day. I mean, that's just that's an amazing amazing talent in my opinion. It's as if Derwin James is playing trying to make up for the games that he's missed over the last few seasons with those um, unfortunate injuries. <clears throat> I wouldn't trade Derwin James for 50 first round picks, quite frankly. He, he's that good. And, and, you know, the fact that we're able to play him in different positions, he's only going to benefit us because, look, all due respect to, to the rest of our schedule, we're not going to play the Browns and Chiefs. Uh, well, we're going to play the Chiefs again, but we, we may play the Browns, um, in the players, but we're not going to play those caliber teams every week. You know, we, we've got some games coming up that should be, I don't want to say comfortable because this is the NFL, but we're not going to be put under the test as much as what we have been in the last uh, two or three weeks. And it's testament to the Chargers the way they've approached those games and come out of the end. And I'd, I'd love to know how the players are feeling today because they're going to be sore. I mean, that was a really physical game, but I know, John, you want to talk uh, about your man Kelly, don't you? <laughs> um, you know, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it too much, but I was impressed to see um, the kind of run that we got out of Kelly out there. He looked like he looked like the kind of back that we had signed uh, out of UCLA. He had he was running with some more confidence. He seemed to have a little bit better vision. He seemed to have that that power speed combo again, not an Im immense amount of power, not an immense amount of speed, but somewhere right in the middle. Like I think he's faster than Larry Roundtree and I think he's more powerful than Justin Jackson. So I think he's that nice combo. Like to me, 
it should really be a three-headed beast with Josh uh, with Justin Jackson coming in every once in a while to give breathers to Eckler. But I think you've got Eckler as that dynamic, explosive guy. I think you've got Roundtree really for the really short yardage, like I'm going to power through you situations. But I think Joshua Kelly kind of plays that nice mid-level role. I think he can. he's an asset in the passing game. I think he's an asset running the ball and he can run kind of north south east west i don't love when they go get him out east west but i think he's got the instincts to get kind of towards the hole and then explode up the middle so i was very impressed i thought he did an, an okay job in pass a protection which i think is important anyone who's going to be a running back on this team needs to be good at pass protection he needs to at least get some good chips in there or at least slow somebody down so herb can make the play he needs to make so <coughs> excuse me yeah, I, think, some- I think he did, had a great game there was there's some good chips. Jared Cook getting his shoulder in there. You know, game neighbors that hit on Miles Garrett. That was that was phenomenal for Austin Eckler to tie the game up at 35. But we've got to make some adjustments moving forward. And we're gonna um preview the game with the Ravens on Thursday night. But you know, another unfortunate injury. Mike Schofield comes in. I can't remember the last time when he played a snap, but he gave up one pressure in 70 offensive snaps. He deserves a ton of credit. Um, because look. When you look at the the Browns, the way they operate, they got to they got to the Bears. I think it was nine sacks uh, with with Miles um, Garrett registering four and a half sacks on the night. So it was a good test for the Chargers' offensive line and to keep um, Herbert on his feet as much as they did. I think Michael Schofield needs some credit for being thrown in at the deep end. I think Storm Norton um, did his part as well. So we we starting to see now some players who haven't started the season well starting to get a bit of uh belief in themselves and a, and a bit of consistency and i think that can only be a good thing going forward i mean eckler again it, it almost looks unstoppable doesn't he um i don't know if you're a defensive coordinator how you how you scheme for eckler quite frankly because if you're going to stop the run they they couldn't at times they couldn't stop uh his his, his movement um you know he made some catches Scored the ultimate winning touchdown of the game. Um, he, he's just been phenomenal. I think he's going to get better and better. Mike Mike Williams, John. What do we say about Mike Williams? That that unbelievable touchdown. Is it seventy two yards? I think I think we're going to see more of that going down the the stretch as well. Just an all round good performance on the offense. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I agree with you. I think Schofield definitely deserves um, a lot of credit here for coming in. I mean. Uh, obviously, Abushi has actually been very solid, and I think we all kind of saw him when he got signed. He wasn't like a, uh, he wasn't like some big um, headline worthy signing. I think he was just kind of a, a guy to compete. But I thought he won that job pretty fair and square, and he's he's done a really really solid job, um, you know, at the position. So losing Abushi for any amount of time is tough. But I think Schofield just stepped right in, next man up, and has done a good job. So our right side of our line is a big question mark right now. We're gonna have to start Schofield and Norton uh, until Balog and Abushi are back. I think Abushi might be done for the season. Is that what we said? Yeah, I think the ACL tear. So yeah, um, he's done. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be Schofield moving forward. So hopefully he can kind of move in there. Well, we've also got Jameis. I think Jameis is more of a left uh, left guard, but he may he may be able to compete for right guard there. We'll see. Kind of, I guess it'll just kind of depend on what they see in practice and what they want to throw out there. But between Schofield slash Jameis and then Norton. Um, you know, our right side is going to be tested against the Ravens for sure. Um, but I thought that they held up to that first test uh, of the Browns really, really well. Uh, I'm really impressed. Uh, you know, like you said, Eckler, I, I don't really need to spend a lot of time and effort talking about Eckler. He is just amazing. He's 
one of the most dynamic runners uh, and weapons in general on the field. Uh, I think, you know, there's nothing you can do to stop them. And I think to Staley's point in his press conference, running the ball for us is more about adding physicality and making you stop the run. Uh, obviously, the passing game is is the crown jewel. Obviously, what really moves the ball and scores the points for us is throwing the ball. But the fact that the defenses still have to account for the running game or we're just going to get huge chunk plays like you see Eckler. I mean, Eckler's really feasting on that. He's like, all right, if you guys want to sit back and you want to sh- sit, you know, too high safety and you guys want to play off uh, because you're really concerned about the pass and you're going to give me these lanes, I'm going to I'm going to dart and I'm going to dive and I'm going to I'm going to get big chunk plays. Right. And, you know, I think he's definitely capitalizing on that. So I think the offense is really, really moving forward on, on really, on really high cylinders. I think the only thing, you know, the fourth down, third down conversions are pretty solid. Um, I, I really, man needs, to, needs to step up. He needs to stop yeah. those extra points. Kicking That's... game needs to improve. And I need, oh. and I want to see, I want to see better progression on first downs. I mean, it feels like we're either getting five yards or no yards on first yeah, down. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's a scheme thing, a play calling thing. I don't know if it's a, uh, 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 attention to detail thing, but it just seems like first down is either a five yard play and I'm happy or it's zero yards. And I'm just like, we couldn't get one yard there. Um, so I, I think they need to shore up first and second down a little bit better and make, cause I'd like to see third downs be more manageable, right? Those third and twos, third and threes, third and ones. That's what I want to see more of. I, I'm really getting tired of seeing these third and sevens, third and eights, third and nines, right? Again, technically third down is just second down for us because we play fourth down, like it's a third down, but at the end of the day, I I don't want to rely on having to convert, you know, at a 90 plus percent rate on fourth down. I, I really want to be able to convert on third down a lot and not ha- and only have to go to fourth down on, on rare occasions. So happy days. Well, that wraps it up for this latest edition of Charged Up Bolts. Thank you to Joe and Mike for tuning in and sending the comments. Hopefully by the time we record on Thursday night to preview the Ravens will have recovered from Sunday night's emotional roller coaster chargers four and one looking to extend their uh, winning run against the ravens on sunday it should be a good one thanks for tuning in and bolt up 